and welcome back to another episode of Year-Round Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Troy Michael. Today, I thought it'd be fun to go over the news. It is February 28th. We are about two weeks away from free agency season. A lot of free agent moves have already happened, some franchise tagging, some cutting. I thought it'd be fun to talk about that. And also, running back rankings from 10 to 1. And no, I don't mean total fantasy point score. These are not necessarily a fantasy point uh, metric. These rankings are just how good the running back is in general, and I thought it'd be a lot of fun. It was an article that I read. So this includes their what they call their overall offense. So it's going to have their ability to run, their receiving game, their pass blocking game, their run blocking game, and total stats. So why do I bring that up? Because when a quarter, quarterback, when a GM and a coach are looking to play a running back, they could give a fucking shit about their total fantasy points scored. So I think going over some of these metrics will let you know like who are going to be the big dogs next year in fantasy football just for flat out opportunity. So it's not going to be like who's going to score their most points because who knows? You know, I mean, that's all quarter, uh, quarterback. It's all touchdown opportunistic. This is how likely the coach is going to be to play these guys based on their ability to block, run block, obviously run as a running back, even be a receiving back, and also how many snaps they're playing. So that should just give you overall opportunity as who should probably be pretty close to your top 10 uh, running back opportunities. This does not include the uh, rookies coming in this year that are about to be drafted at the end of April. So this is just current uh, running backs now in the NFL and just the best overall running back in terms of ranking again based off running receiving pass blocking pass blocking is huge by the way and as well as run blocking so with all that said I'm going to jump on into the news and we will go from there uh, quite a bit of news happened literally in the past day MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling has been cut by the Chiefs and no surprise I had hopes for this guy what was it two three years ago when he went from the Packers because I was like man he's going from the Packers he was already decent there with Aaron Rodgers he's going to Pat Mahomes this guy's gonna be like a little uh, a little nugget a little sleeper at the end of the draft he could probably get in the ninth round because what three years ago they just lost Tyreek Hill so they just brought in MVS uh, and all they had was Travis Kelsey. So in my opinion, this guy was going to be a superstar. Did not go that way. They cut him to save 12 million, 12 million bucks. Uh, moving on to Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams is uh, pushing to be a full-time starter. I'm not sure if I'm interested in that in fantasy football because even when he was the starter since week seven, he never really topped 70% of the snaps for the Detroit Lions as a wide receiver. So that's kind of weird for me. So looking at their, if they don't draft a, a wide receiver, looking at them in terms of fantasy next year, I see, um, oh God, I see Aquanimia St. Brown. Like St. Brown is going to be a number one. Hell, he might be a top five wide receiver off the board next year. He had an outstanding year. I see Laporta as a target. I love their running backs if they keep a ball, a ball, if they keep Montgomery, uh, if they keep Gibbs. Like, I'm not sure if I want to go the fourth target deep in Jamison Williams. And not to mention, they have some other people out there who are pretty damn good. So even if he does stay 
as a full-time starter. If he does say around 70% snaps, I don't think I'm interested unless it's like a 14-man league. Because uh, again, you have St. Brown, you have Laporta, who's a stud, you have an awesome receiving back in Gibbs. Uh, they want to run the ball. I don't think I'm interested in the fourth target on the team. So maybe maybe in um, Dynasty, I'm looking at him long-term. But for now, I think I'm going to lay off. Um, Eckler is certainly not getting the tag. I'm not sure where he's going to end up because he had such a wonky year last year. I drafted him number four overall, and it was probably one of the worst draft picks of the season for me. So completely murdered my fantasy hopes because when your first uh, pick goes off in fire, you know, it, it, it's tough. It's really tough. So I'm not sure where he's going to end up. I'm not sure what kind of a um, what kind of a contract he's going to get. You know, he he had a phenomenal year the year prior, and then last year was tough with injury, and it seemed like even when he was back, he wasn't a hundred percent or anywhere near it because he was certainly not valuable for fantasy football. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to him. If I had to guess, I would say keep an eye on the Texans, Eagles, or potentially the. Um, the Dallas Cowboys are a potential possibility. And speaking of Dallas Cowboys, where I think this gentleman's going to end up is Derrick Henry. It sounds like the writing's on the wall. He's going to no longer be a Titan. It's going to be weird to see him in another outfit. But I think he's going to want to make a push for a ring. And if I had to guess, I think the number one pick uh, uh, I'm sorry, location for him will be Dallas. I think it's a great fit. They have a great offensive line. You have to respect the pass game. And he is a bruising back. So I think just loading him up for his last year, maybe give him a two-year contract, but it's really just a one-year contract. Uh, and, and let this man just bulldoze because they really need that out there in Dallas. Because Dallas last year, their running game was terrible. It was atrocious. If you drafted Tony Pollard, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Derrick Henry is a monster. You know, his nickname is the Yeti. And I really think he'd do well in that system. John U. Smith, tight end, uh, looks like he was cut by the Falcons. You know, uh, they did owe him $6.5 million, so they saved that, but I don't know why they're saving that. I mean, they got nothing on that team. I don't know how they're pressed for cap space to where $6.5 bucks are really going to save them. But they let him go, and I wouldn't draft any tight end on that team. I wouldn't even draft Kyle Pitts on the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are just blah. You know, they just they don't even utilize one of the most gifted tight ends to ever hit the sport in um, in Kyle Pitts, and let alone to give a crap about Johnny Smith. So I'm going to move over that one. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, there's a lot of speculation. They'd put like a first-round tender on him. They would try to trade him, but it looks like what they really want because the budget got just inflated. They have such big budgets now. Uh, it went up by like, what was it, like 60 million bucks. So with that said, they are going to try to re-sign Brandon Ayuk. He's going to want a nice payday. Uh, he was a very solid uh, wide receiver. If you follow all that PFF stuff, uh, he was one of the best wide receivers in terms of like overall game with receiving and route running and separation and pass blocking and run blocking. Like this guy is a top five wide receiver in terms of just general football, not necessarily in terms of fantasy points. So I can see why John Lynch would want to sign that. So maybe they free up some other cap space. I, I know quite a bit more about the Niners because I'm a Niner fan, but I think Eric Armstead might get cut this offseason. Yes, there's a dead cap, but if you free up that space by cutting Armstead, um, a few guys on the offensive line, which have just been terrible. Uh, the the offensive line consists of like Trent Williams. You know, there's not much on that. Maybe 
uh, maybe Colton McKivitt's like, that's it. Other than that, you could get a new center, both new guards. I could care less. I would just mob that entire front offensive line. Cut them. Cut Eric Armstead. You just got an influx of money. You have 11 draft picks. So go ham and sign Ayuk, and I think you're going to be just fine. Um, also, Josh Jacobs. It looks like they're really pushing in Las Vegas to resign him. Uh, I would. Josh Jacobs is outstanding. He's a great overall running back. He's not a bruiser. He's he's more of a great over. Hell, he reminds me of like Frank Gore in terms of just he could do anything and be great at it. Yes, he's not the fastest guy. Yes, he's not the best pass catcher. He's a good pass catcher. Um, he's not the best bruising back, but he's just a very good overall running back. And why the hell would you want to get rid of that when you're about to have maybe a rookie quarterback on that team? Uh, Devontae Adams, they do not plan to trade him in Las Vegas. So you could count on him being there uh, for next year, or at least he's stuck. But they do owe him um, 16.89 million bucks for 2024, which actually isn't that bad when you look at the rest of the wide receivers out there. Uh, moving on to Justin Fields. Um, man, they think the trade could take place um, in Chicago in the next two weeks. So that could happen right before March 13th, right before the official free agency. They're trying to find suitors. They've had several calls from teams that want him. And I don't know how I feel about that because, man, I don't know if he was terrible because his coaching was bad with what Matt Nagy and everybody else since then. The scheme has been weird. Like, they haven't protected him with an offensive line. Like, I'm not sure what to think if he's really damaged goods or he's not. But I'll tell you what, he'll certainly fetch more than Trey Lance got for the Niners, a freaking third-round pick or fourth-round pick, whatever they got. Um, he'll certainly probably go for a couple seconds, maybe even a first-round pick, maybe back of the first. But if you're drafting in the back of the first round, chances are you have a quarterback anyway. Uh, Russell Wilson, they're trying to decide what to do with this guy. They know that they, if they cut him, it's an $85 million cap hit. But I've also read reports where they might sign him back on for the veteran minimum. So you cut him. You still owe him a crap load of money. But if there's not a market, he could still play for that team. They cut their losses, but they still have to pay him anyway. And he could still be the quarterback at like $2 million a year, which is laughable. So he may stay in Denver after all. I know I read reports on Twitter, or X, whatever the hell you're supposed to call that, that he is selling his house in Colorado, uh, that monster mansion that he bought. But yeah, he still might stick around in town which is kind of unique. I don't think there's a big uh, market for Russell Wilson right now. And uh, if I missed it yesterday, uh, Danny Dimes is starting to finally throw again. You know, that's awesome. We all know he got that late ACL injury, you know, heartbreaking. But I think he'll be ready for the beginning of next year. Uh, if, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. So uh, going on in New York. So now I'm going to move on and jump into what I initially talked about was the running back rankings again. This is not in terms of fantasy football. This is just great overall running backs. Again, we're going to show the rankings based off their running efficiency, their receiving efficiency, pass blocking, and run blocking. And what I think is more important is the amount of snaps that they got, these guys played all year. Because snaps are opportunity in fantasy football. And if it, more snaps you play, obviously you have a better chance to score touchdowns, get fantasy points. So starting out with number 10 is Kyron Williams. He had one of the highest running efficiency grades last 
year at a 90.5. He was a terrible receiver at 39. And also his pass blocking was 57. And again, these are out of 100, obviously. And run blocking are out of 59. So with all that said, what really appeals to me is we know the Rams like to run the ball. And offensive snaps, 715, which is a lot. That is the second highest on this list of top 10. So you know he's involved. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure Kyron Williams went down for a couple games last year. With all that said, he could have been higher up on this list. So I anticipate with that running efficiency, um, he could go pretty damn high next year in fantasy football. Maybe a top 10 overall pick. I remember in uh, a keeper league, I turned down a trade where somebody tried to trade me Kyron Williams and looking back at it, like, but that was at the middle of the year. Looking back at it, I wish I freaking took it, but man, I didn't. So that was embarrassing. Uh, number nine on the list is Aaron Jones had an 85.7 uh, running efficiency grade. That's actually one of the lowest. I think it's third lowest out of the top 10. So he was an 85.7. His receiving, you figure, would be his game, right? It's Aaron Jones. He's a great receiver. No, it was only a 56. So I'm super surprised at his ability to get separation, catch the ball, not drop it. When you get it, yards after contact. That's usually how they get that grade. And his pass blocking and run blocking were very minor, 63 uh, and 57. And he only had 440 uh, snaps all year, 443 snaps. But again, we all know he got injured. If you drafted Aaron Jones, you know that he was injured for like, man, a third of the year was terrible. So I could see those snaps going up by probably another 300. Um, and with that said, like, I don't think he's going to be very high on my board next year. You know, his running efficiency is great, 85.7, but his receiving was terrible. And I don't know what's going on in Packerland. You know, I think they're going to hit the draft, and I think they're going to draft Aaron's replacement. And I think about halfway through the season this year, you're going to see a new running back step up and be that stalwart um, like they wanted for A.J. Dillon, but that certainly didn't work out. So number nine is Aaron Jones. Number eight is Brees Hall, another guy who had an injury. And this one, I, I love these stats. He was a 77.8 running. So that is the lowest. Well, there's one, 77.6, but 77.8 running. But this is what I love about him. In a PPR, he was one of the highest. Actually, he was the highest at 88.9. So he was the best pass catching receiving back out of everybody in the top 10 list. Uh, but he was not good at pass blocking and he was not good at run blocking. And he did have 665 snaps. That's one of the highest right behind Kyron Williams. So he's very involved. And yes, he was coming off injury. So it makes you wonder like he would have had more snaps if he was healthier. So Brees Hall is going to be uh, up there on my list for drafting next year because I love the dynamic of Aaron Rodgers back on the field. I love his pass catching because most of the leagues I'm in are PPR. And I really think that run blocking is going to get higher because when you got uh, Wilson being under center and every other quarterback under center that they picked last year, I, I think his running will go higher when teams actually have to worry about Aaron Rodgers and you have to worry about the pass game. But when you don't have to worry, you stack the box. And that's probably why he was so good at receiving is you got to get away from that front seven or front four coming at you. And I'm pretty sure that's why his pass receiving was higher is because the only way they can move the ball is to pass it because when you just hand it off to him, it gets blown up at the line of scrimmage. Number seven is Tyler Algiers. He had a 77.6 uh, run efficiency. Again, that was the lowest 
on this list, which is funny because they had Bijan Robinson and they kept giving the ball to Tyler Algier and it pissed me off because I spent like a number four overall pick on Bijan Robinson last year and that certainly did not work out because that coach is a fucking nitwit and I'm glad he's gone and I never want to see him as an offensive play caller or a coach again because he ruined fantasy football for me last year because I had a lot of hope in Bijan Robinson. He was a better pass receiver at 81%. He was a great pass blocker. He was actually the best. That might have been how he found his way on the field. He was a 90.3 pass block. So good for him. Run block was mediocre, probably one of the worst, 43%. But in terms of pass blocking, he killed it. He did great. He did have a ton of snaps. He had, uh, oh, I lied. He did not have a ton of snaps. He had the least amount on this list um, at 358. So, uh, that's what happens when you have a split backfield with Bichon and Tyler Algier. He had 358 on there, but I love his receiving, but I don't want to ever see him again because I want to drop Bichon Robinson and not freaking worry about it. Uh, Kenneth Walker was number six. He had a great running efficiency at 85. He had a good uh, receiving at 71. He was an okay pass blocker at 40 and he was an okay run blocker at 48. He did play 499 snaps. I remember he got hurt halfway through the year, uh, not halfway, more like two thirds through the year, so he didn't miss a lot of snaps that way. But I really think he's gonna be great going forward. Again, this is number six on the list on kind of a bad year for the Seahawks, but the running efficiency is one of the highest at 85.3, and he did have a good receiving uh, record as well. Raheem Mozart, this one cracks me up. Raheem Mozart is on this list at number five. Uh, Raheem had a 91.3 running efficiency. That is the uh, second highest out of everybody on this list. He had a 48 pass uh, receiving so he was not a good receiver but he was such a good runner didn't even matter so keep that in mind when you're thinking of like non-PPR leagues uh, he did have a 66 run block and a 59 pass block he had a ton of snaps even though you didn't think he would because he was a number what perceived yes he was a number one but we all knew Devon A. Chain would take him over at some point but he still had 582 snaps on the team Anyway, Raheem kicked butt last year. He had a, he had a great year. And um, James Conner comes in at number four. I think this was the most surprising for me. He is one of the best overall grades out of everybody on this list. He is either blue, which means ultra efficient north of 85, or he was green in every other metric. So James Conner was... I didn't see him being this good last year. I skipped over him. Hell, people were drafting him in the sixth round, and I was like, ha-ha, sucker. Like, I didn't think he would be that good, and he was outstanding. James Conner had an 88.4 run, so that is like the top third of everybody in this list. He had almost a 70. He had a 69.2 receiving. He had a 68 pass blocking, which is one of the highest, and he also had a 68.9 run blocking. So any way you look at it, James Conner, was solid for the team, which means opportunity. He had 531 snaps, and he didn't get hurt. Like, I expect this guy to probably go in the fourth round next year. He kicked ass, and I'm happy for him because I love his story about him beating cancer. I love his story about going for the Steelers and the Cardinals. Like, he just seems like a great overall dude, and he's a great overall football player, and when success, you know, hits a person like that, it really makes me happy. Uh, this one here cracks me up. This is Derrick Henry coming in at number three, 86.8 run efficiency oddly enough he had a pretty high receiving at 70.8 so who would have thunk that he would be that efficient when he did have the ball in his hands when it was passed to him either that or people just didn't think he could catch the ball and just forgot to cover him but he did have a 79.8 pass uh, pass 
yeah, pass block. So that's protecting the quarterback. He was one of the highest pass protectors out of everybody on the list except for Tyler Algier. So what a monster. He can keep people away. And he did have a 58 um, pass uh, I'm sorry, run block. So uh, a ton of snaps, 556. Again, we're not used to that because they had that Tajay Spears guy right behind them. They're trying to warm him up for this season. But they did have Tajay Spears at 556. And Derrick Henry's still a stud. And he even had a passing grade of 72 because they used him a couple times to throw touchdowns, which was funny. So I really think um, if I was a betting man and I know that Jerry Jones liked to make splash signings, I could see Derrick Henry going for a ring and being on the Cowboys, and that will be a problem for the rest of the uh, NFC because when you have an awesome runner, uh, you have like you know one of the best runners, one of the best pass catchers, uh, a decent offensive line, and a good defense, that means playoffs. So I could see that being a great move for the Cowboys plus it's kind of like pushing for that ring you know to try to get it because you're not going to get a ring on the Titans uh, number two oddly enough is Christian McCaffrey he's number one in my heart he is 90.3 running efficiency 86.5 he was the second highest receiver out of everybody on the team he, or I'm sorry everybody in the NFL he was only second to Brees Hall so keep that in mind I was shocked to see his pass blocking as the lowest out of everybody it was a, a 28.4 I thought this guy could pass block and run block he can't do either he is terrible at that and you could tell that if you watched the Super Bowl because Brock Purdy was under duress the whole freaking time and Christian McCaffrey played every snap he has the most snaps at 1006 and that's why he's always your your running um and that's why he's always your most points in fantasy football is he's a great runner a great receiver and he gets almost twice the opportunity as every other guy out there and that's why when you are drafting in that top spot you really got to consider taking christian mccaffrey you know uh, I know a lot of people got excited for Tyreek Hill and, and Justin Jefferson, but let's be honest, when you have a guy like this, he's like having a number one wide receiver and a number one running back in the same slot. It almost gives you double points each week. I mean, in all my... Um, in all of my fantasy football championships, I went against Christian McCaffrey or I had Christian McCaffrey on my team in every one of them. And there's a reason for that is because he's like a cheat code. He's really good. Anyway, with all that said, I don't see him dropping off next year. Maybe a tad less opportunity. 1,000 snaps is a shit ton. Uh, and number one, uh, I'm not sure how this guy became number one. Well, I guess I can because he had the highest running efficiency out of everybody. He had a very good receiving as well as a good pass blocking at 65.7 and a great run blocking at 77.2 and that is Devon A-Chain. Devon A-Chain had a hell of a rookie year. Yes, it was riddled with injury. I hope he can get healthy in the offseason, but he had a 93.1 running efficiency. That was the highest. He beat out Kyron Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, who's on the same team. Uh, receiving, he was what, the second, third highest receiving? fourth highest receiving 77.7 so what a dual threat and this guy is going to be very high up on people's lists this year for fantasy football and think of all that production and he only had 323 snaps so a lot of opportunity ahead for Devon A-Chain uh, 
Raheem Mozart is just getting older and older, and there's not a lot you could do about that. Maybe they'll draft Raheem's um, replacement this year, but I could totally see people winning fantasy championships with Devon Achan and Kyron Williams next year. If you think about it, if you're drafting in the back, like the 11 or the 12 of 2024's fantasy football, you could start out your season with Devon and Kyron Williams, I mean, obviously, if you're drafting that far back, you're not going to get Christian McCaffrey. But you could have a hell of a year starting out with those two superstars, and they are outstanding. And I think that's going to be my little um, my little game plan going forward for 2024. I know it's early. I know it's only February. We haven't even had a draft yet. But with all that said, man, starting out a, a, a season, not a season, starting out a fantasy football redraft league with those two superstars in the back of the first, that would make me happy. But that's it. That's all I have for you today. I'll hit you up tomorrow on Leap Year, uh, February 29th, and we'll talk some more. You have a good one.